0: Welcome to Magical Streaming, a podcast where we watch Disney Plus and then give you some facts, some hot takes, etc. It is spooky month. My name is Amber. My name is Marie. And today we're talking about Halloween Town and Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. We sure are. I'm very excited for this. I love the Halloween Town franchise, 1, 2, and 3. 4 does not exist to me. Um, does that mean we're not going to have to watch and review it? Correct. Well, no, we have to watch the entire catalog. We will, and then you will also see why it doesn't exist to me. I love these movies. As opposed to the other movies. I love these movies. I have loved them for a very long time. They were part of my childhood. um, And it really doesn't feel like Halloween until I have watched Halloween Town. In fact, when we first got Disney Plus, I watched all three of the Halloween Town movies um, just because they were there and I could even though it was not Halloween at all.
1: You did that when I was not home. Correct. I don't remember that. Correct. All right.
0: So we are gonna just kind of
1: do both at the same time. We're not gonna split the episode in part one and part two because it is a movie and a sequel. So yeah, they're not separate from each other Mm -hmm. so I am gonna go ahead and give both synopsis from Disney Plus
0: all right starting
1: with Halloween Town Marnie and her younger siblings travel with their estranged grandmother who is a good witch to Halloween Town a place where creepy creatures lead very normal lives on her 13th birthday Marnie gets a supernatural surprise when she discovers that she too is a witch Marnie will have to learn how to use her broomstick if she hopes to stop an evil force from taking over Halloween
0: Town. Okay, I already have problems. One, it's not her birthday, it's her 13th Halloween. Two, she does not use her broomstick to defeat anything.
1: Also, this implies that they're just, like, traveling with her... But And then afterward, right, right. the surprise comes up when it's not in that order at all. And it does not happen like that either. Synopsis. I mean,
0: synopsis writers at Disney Plus, hit me up. I would like to tell you how to write a synopsis. <laughs> Alright,
1: and then let's go into Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. The synopsis for this one. Grandmother Aggie sweeps Marnie and Sophie off to Halloween Town to investigate a series of strange or- occurrences that seem to have stripped the community of its magic. But why? It isn't long before they discover that an angry warlock has taken Aggie's spellbook with evil intentions to turn every human into whatever costume they are wearing at midnight on Halloween. Is it possibly
0: worse? It is worse. Let me let me stop you right here. Sophie does not go to Halloween Town first and foremost. Second of all, they don't go because they think that the community has been stripped of magic. They go because Aggie is having trouble with her magical items in the mortal world and wants to check that out. She does not know anything's happened to the community. Third, the angry warlock in question His intentions were not to turn every human into whatever costume they were wearing. His intentions were turned to monsters into humans, and the humans into monsters. And And it's just the
1: ones who are wearing monster costumes. It's not like if someone was wearing a pirate costume, they were
0: not turned into a pirate, you know? Correct, because a pirate's just a person. Yeah, but that's my point. So, ugh. Somebody kind of got a a little skim of it and was like, I I know, I know. Uh, Fun fact right off the bat, Calabar is spelled with a K in this, but in Halloween Town, in the credits, Calabar and in all the um, closed captioning, Calabar is spelled with a C. So they just made, they were like the K looks
1: better aesthetically but harsher yeah looks more evil Correct. i wonder what's evil about cakes hmm anyway <laughs> uh let's go into some history
0: all right so i'm here halloween town debuted october 17th 1998 on uh the disney channel so i was 5 and i feel like i had to have watched it if not in 1998 99 for sure, because I remember being very small, and I remember being very afraid of Calabar Um, when I was young. I would hide behind the couch whenever his scenes came, but I still loved the movie. I just had to like hide behind the couch when when Calabar came out in his spooky mask. That does sound like five-year-old behavior, because that's exactly what I did when I was five, and I saw Snow White. Yeah, maybe six-year-old if it was 99. Uh, So, 3.4 million people turned Tuned in to watch uh, the movie, which isn't a lot, but I mean, for 1998, what you yeah, what you need to know is that this was the fourth DCOM ever released. Um, It was the second to go into production, but the fourth released because filming and other things. There was a budget of four million dollars, which in today's money would be six million three hundred seventy eight thousand three hundred fifty five dollars and eighty three cents. Um fun fact, originally the budget was 20 to 30 million. When that they signed on to so make it. So
1: much. And more.
0: then it got slashed down to 4 million. So yeah, I that's s- a big uh a big difference and it took them weeks to reimagine how they were going to get everything done with a fifth of the budget. <laughs> um so things like a lot of extras would play would get dressed up and play one character, and then they would switch out into another character. And that's why uh, there's only so many people around at any given time, because they just did not have the money to pay more people. Um, Originally, the story was bought by NBC, and they were going to... Yeah, NBC was going to make it into their own, like, television movie. Uh, But they dropped it because they were like, it's a little too childish. So Disney picked it up, they reimagined it, tweaked it a little bit, and then... That's interesting, I would have thought it was made specifically, like, to me, DCOMs are just made so specifically for Disney. Disney passed on it at first, uh. then NBC picked it up, then NBC said no, and then Disney came back after um, they had made their first DCOM, which is Under Wraps, another Halloween movie, which we'll probably re-watch next year. Um, they saw that that was, um, going really well and they expected it to do well. Uh, it came out in 97. So they decided, yeah, we're gonna, we'll pick it up and we'll, we'll make it. The first person cast, do you want to guess? Uh, was it Debbie Reynolds? It was Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds, uh, had said that she wanted to open herself up to doing TV and they saw that she was opening herself up to doing TV. And they contacted her first. And she accepted. And so she was the first person cast. Nobody else was even looked at. Nobody else was considered. It was I mean, Debbie Reynolds. When you have Debbie Reynolds, why
1: would you consider anybody else? That's crazy. Um,
0: Kimberly J. Brown was... Not what they were looking for in Marnie. Uh, They wanted to have somebody blonde, a little bit like different of a build. Uh, But she blew everyone away so much that they threw out their ideas for what the kids were going to look like and cast her instead. Which, you know what, good for her. Good for her to be like, oh, you said blonde, I'm going to come in here anyway and kill it.
1: And show up with a wig, and then as you start your audition, you just <laughs> tear it off. You're like you'll listen to me.
0: You listen to me. I'm great at this. I am 13, and I'm killing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, for here, yeah.
0: Um, the film was filmed in 24 days. That's short. Yeah, they did it all in 24 days. Again, that budget. That that sure. budget meant you had to crank it out. Um, especially because child actors, as most people know, can only work so many hours a day, so you really need to make the most of those hours because the second you go over, you have to add another day. Like, you you can't mess around. You want to get it done right and quickly. Um, And it really became a cult classic after it came out. People loved it so much so that they started uh talking about a sequel and they knew that they would make make another one so that's uh how we got Halloween Town 2 which premiered 3 years later uh October 12th 2001 uh 6.1 million tuned in for it so it almost doubled the amount of people who tuned in because they were like hey this did well I could not find any information about the budget I found a lot more information about making the first one than making the second one I would assume it had similar or less than uh, the original as a budget Um, less than I
1: would expect it to have more
0: DCOMs never get very high budgets
1: No, but like if you're making a sequel based on something that you know worked well the first time, you might be giving it a little bit more.
0: Maybe. I I really don't know. There's literally zero information. Um, And that's actually all I have for the history of the second one. Um, Just because that's that. In terms of staying power, there's not anything in the Disney parks. But um, there's a festival that takes place every year, uh, called the Spirit of Halloween Town, which I know you have some trivia about. Um, also, it the original Halloween Town movie has uh, been rated by five critics, actual movie critics, and it has an eighty percent rating. So, that's fantastic for a decom. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was ranked on the Complex magazines. Forty Best Decoms as number nine. Uh just for fun information, Brink is number one, which I, I know you haven't seen. Um it's a skate bo- skateboard uh it's I a, have not seen roller, a lot of rollerblading, roller skate rollerblading. Roller skating. Roller one of the two. It's a skateboarding movie. <laughs> skateboarding. Yeah, I'm okay. Or maybe it is rollerblading. I don't I never cared for Brink, so I'm very bitter about it's that it's at number one. Um and Halloween time 2 also appeared on the list as number 30 out of 40. So, not as uh well-loved, but it was still very still very well received. It if you look at um Disney sometimes still plays these movies even up to this day, which is great because everybody loves them. And uh that's a bold statement, considering who you're sitting next yes, to. Yes, you don't love them, and we'll get into that in hot takes. But everybody who grew up with them loves them. They are part of Halloween. In fact, um, there was a BuzzFeed article that lists, from an actual BuzzFeed writer, not like a community, edited, as the Halloween Town movies being one of the best parts of the lead-up to Halloween. Because they're filled with nostalgia, they're filled with this great... Uh, Just this great energy, and everybody loves Debbie Reynolds. Come on. She's great. So I'll let you get into some trivia about the movies.
1: Yes. So the trivia, it's kind of going to go through first and second. but Yeah. Um, The idea for Halloween Town actually came from the directors. The writers. The writers. Right. I guess. Uh, the writer's stepdaughter, who asked, where do all the creatures from Halloween go for the rest of the year when it's not October 31st? Because, you, you know, know what? children, just, they, want, they, they ask the real questions. They do. And thus came the idea of Halloween Town. Uh, it originally had a very different ending. Instead of dropping the talisman into the giant pumpkin... Marnie was supposed to walk into the middle of a forest and plant the talisman. And then, as she got deeper into the forest, she would have become older.
0: Like, with every step she took, she was supposed to get older. And they got so far into this idea that they took a mold of Kimberly J. Brown's face to age um, it. To age it, but they never ended up using it. So she just got to take home this mold that of her face. face. That's so weird. Yeah, her parents were like, We don't know what to make of it. She, she still has it. She thinks it's kind of like morbid, but a little fun. Like, you know, (laughs) and I, listen, I, um, at the end of radiation, so, uh, I'm a cancer survivor. I had to have radiation. Um, and one of the things that they do if you're having radiation on your upper body is they take this like plastic, uh, sheet with holes in it and they mold it to your upper body, like your face, your head, and your shoulders. And then every time you go in for radiation, they put that on you so that you do not move your head, so that you stay still when they're blasting you with the radiation. At the end of it, they gave it to me to take home, and I did take it home, and then I threw it away, because I was like, what am I going to do with this? Like, this I mold of mine. I did my... not know that you took it home. <laughs> I did take it home, and uh, I, w- I kept it for a few days, and then I was like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> what am I going to do with this uh, weird plastic mold of my... The
1: possibilities.
0: <laughs> my shoulders and face. Uh... I did not like it because it made my nose seem very prominent. So I was like, I gotta get rid of this. <laughs> oh, I to have shaved it off a little. Maybe. They mel-
1: melted the plastic and ruined really
0: it. It's the weirdest it. experience. If anybody else has ever done it, uh, like... It's like this flexible, like, plastic thing, and it's warm. They warm it up, and then they just, like, have you lay down, and they just push it over, and then they leave it there for a few seconds for it to harden, and they pull it back so it keeps the shape. And then every time you go in for radiation, uh, it's got these things on it um, that on the radiation table... Like magnets? No, like, you know in a... a pet uh carrier, the little switches that keep the doors closed. Hinges. Yeah. They have the hinges and then they hinge it closed every time. Oh, like a clasp type thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like it there's places already on the table for it. And then when you lay down, you sit there, they put it on top of you, and then they, they just lock like it in. Lock it in and you lay there unable to move your head or do anything. as Imagine they shoot the radiation
1: <laughs> of like something happening at the clinic while you're there and you're just stuck.
0: On Honestly, that table. I was always really chill. Some people um they do Well, you're not claustrophobic. So. Correct. So a lot of people um They asked me if I was claustrophobic first, and they will uh, give you, like, Ativan, which I couldn't have had anyway, because I'm allergic, or another calming agent if you need it. Um, I would have needed that. But basically, you sit there, and radiation would be between 20 and 30 minutes long, uh, and you just lay there, and you're strapped in from the head up. (laughs) Head down. Head down. No, no, no. From the... Uh, I'm sorry from the shoulders up because the rest of my body was yep. they did put on like little like restraints and little arm restraints but they those were akin to just like velcro things not really um not really bad so the point is I too at one point had a mold of my upper body <laughs> But that's, so, like, the challenge
1: in there would have been that at some point she would have gotten so old that every, like, taking the next step would have become harder and harder? Yeah, so every harder. step
0: she took, she would age so that it would be more and more difficult for her to get to her goal and she would have to, like, fight through. Honestly,
1: I'm very glad that they ditched that idea because they did not have the budget for that. Right,
0: I, th- uh, yeah, they lost It would have looked stupid. I think so, too. Yeah, I'm glad that they changed it. <laughs> so now that we're off that tangent yeah, of, uh... next
1: topic. Uh so you mentioned earlier the ha- spirit of Halloween town celebration. Um Halloween Town was filmed in a small town, um actually a couple of small towns in Oregon. Um mm-hmm. Scapus, interesting, and Saint Helens. The pumpkin in the Halloween Town Square was gifted to the city of St. Helens and is displayed every Halloween in the Town Square during the Spirit of Halloween Town celebration. And in 2017, the cast, the original cast went to the celebration. Yes. And approximately 15,000 people attended, which
0: is a lot for a small town. I Correct. Like... It's more than... So if... um. The, the population of that area is about 13,000. So, obviously, probably some of the residents went. Yeah, i are
1: part of that 15,000.
0: But, but it's not like it was all the residents that went. So, yeah, 15,000 yeah, people. Some of the residents were probably like, ugh. There's so many people. Get out but of But they here. do it every year. Um, yeah. It's just that year because the entire original cast so debbie reynolds was there well i mean 2017 that would have been it was three years ago
1: yeah but i mean oh no it was ninety eight. i was gonna say that would have been the
0: no 20th it, it was not the 19th anniversary.
1: yeah anniversary they could have waited an extra year
0: um no didn't debbie reynolds pass away in 2017 that's true so it was good that they did it with the original cast because otherwise you know it would have been a completely different event because it would have been very bittersweet yeah um and the cast kept in in touch afterward Kimberly J. Brown uh continued to keep in touch with Debbie Reynolds Um, oh no
1: she passed in 2016
0: so she wasn't there oh okay wow I was
1: gonna say it's been more than
0: three years okay then, I'm guessing it probably was kind of bittersweet. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why, actually. Maybe. That could be one of the reasons why they are all like- It wasn't listed anywhere that I read. Like, that's why they came together. But uh, I know Kimberly J. Brown did stay very close to Debbie Reynolds after filming. Because there are three more, uh, two more that they did together. Um and they did kind of have a grandmother-granddaughter relationship. Uh, Kimberly saw as a note that she wrote her during the first uh, filming that she keeps hung up in her house. Um, and, you know, they would talk a lot after. So that's very nice. I always love it when, uh, especially child actors form positive, Bonds with. Bonds with the adults that are in the movie. Yeah,
1: and especially that are meant to be their guardians. Because right. That actually makes me think of completely, completely different. But um Little House on the Prairie, like Melissa Gilbert, who played Laura, has talked about how, uh, I don't remember the name of the actress, but the actress who played Caroline Ingalls, who's her mother, Mm -hmm. was actually kind of standoffish on, like, not really close. Right, right. Whereas the uh, woman that played um, Harriet Olsen, who's, like, completely antagonistic in the series, was, like, really super warm and maternal and really nice with everybody. So, like, that must, to a point, affect...
0: the dynamics the
1: dynamics of how you act like with the adults that you bond on set you know especially when you're such a young child actor right like in this case she was a teenager so it's not but even even then as a teen like 13 year old you're still very young and and oh yeah you have a very different relationship with the adult actors that are around you yeah and
0: somebody like debbie reynolds who just has had this like incredible film career already up to this point imagine was this her first role it was not her first role um it was her first decom uh she did have a couple after this uh, not even related to halloween town um but no it, it was one of her
1: yeah like you're still in the beginning of your acting career and you get to act with Debbie Reynolds I mean
0: incredible and to act with Debbie Reynolds and um, I do have information about the um, the broomstick scene that they filmed okay why don't you get into that because I have something to add to that I'm sure
1: All right. so the uh, Aggie and Marnie's broom flying scene was the very last scene that was shot before the film wrapped and although it is 52 seconds long in the film, it really took
0: hours to shoot. And Kimberly J. Brown has talked about she was so excited because this was the only scene she got to shoot, like, just her one-on-one with Debbie Reynolds. And That's she was so, so excited to spend the whole day just with her. Um you know and she's she said it's one of her favorite memories of shooting just the two of them all day yeah and you have to be all like
1: close and like i can just think of myself around that age when you have these adults that are like not family members but that take a really strong importance into your life and i would have been over the moon to be like i get to spend time
0: alone with her I get to be all scooched up with her, like yeah, it's so that's so great. I love that, um, and the fact that it was the last scene that they shot, really too. It's like it's finishing a nice on a way. strong yeah, note. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's not like when you know the last scene you do is a ten second, fifteen second right. in between scene that doesn't really have that strong a meaning for the movie. It's just filler. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to some more trivia. Um, I was just talking about where the movie was shot. And actually, so this was shot in July of 1998. And everyone was expecting it to be hot. But it was not as hot as it turned out. Not as hot as it turned out to be. um, Because this turned out to be one of the hottest summers ever recorded in St. Helens, Oregon.
0: Yeah, and uh, Joey Zimmerman, who plays Dylan um in the movie The brother, oh, brother uh has said in interviews like people were passing out in their costumes. Well yeah, because you're wearing masks yeah. and you're
1: wearing like layers and so
0: yeah it was very, very hot.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. Um let's see. Oh, a cute fact about actually we were talking about Debbie Reynolds uh so the cast was given an audio tape of the spell to memorize it. Uh but Debbie Reynolds took it upon herself to write the spell down phonetically on her notepad and share that with the rest of the cast to help them out.
0: That is so cute. It's yeah. it's uh it's Welsh, the spell. Yeah. So I that is so cute. They're like, we're audio types and she's like, I have written it phonetically for you um here you go
1: (laughs) i mean yeah that would be easier for a lot of people to memorize and to know exactly how to pronounce it right and especially like you're working with young children
0: right so like because it's sophie also yeah sophie is the one who remembers it first and says it first so yeah Yeah. and she was young yeah
1: um now just a little tidbit about benny who is the skeleton that drives around the taxi cab, which I thought was interesting because Benny in um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit Rabbit is the the cab. cab. Yeah, Uh, But yeah, he was actually a robot.
0: I like that. I like that they didn't do like a puppet. They were like, we have $4 million. Part of it's going to this robot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I'm surprised by that fact because... He looked, like, bad animation. Oh, wow! <laughs> like, some of the ways his face moves, like,
0: you can, like, not the okay, whole first of him. It was 1998, but... okay, so get off your high horse. <laughs> I disagree.
1: <laughs> I disagree. Just, like, he looks like he has, like, he does have a corporal body that was used, but then it looks like... His facial features and the way his face moves when he's talking, that looks like it was badly animated.
0: I disagree. I thought it was like puppetry. Uh, uh,
1: They did um, also have the actual, the hairdryer that Marnie picks up when they're going for the werewolf hair. Was an actual flaming hairdryer <laughs> with real flames, and there was no special effect to that one. So I imagine love the that chaos. Ballsy, you, you're giving that to a 13 year old girl.
0: Like, <laughs> I love the chaos. Somebody was like, forget special effects, just give her a miniature flamethrower, she'll be fine. Yeah,
1: and I mean, uh, to be honest, I feel like the fact that she is a girl. Is one of the reasons I <laughs> we went ahead with that. I would not trust a thirteen-year-old boy oh, with a no. flaming hairdryer. You know there are some this girls is like, I wouldn't
0: trust either.
1: Yeah, no, this is like in Hamilton where they're like the only person they really could have given a fl- like the task of burning actual letters on a very expensive wooden stage as Philip assume. <laughs> like, this is the same energy. Um, and then just a couple more on Halloween Town. Um, the three children, Marnie, Dylan, and Sophie, were named after one of the writers, Paul Bernbaum's children.
0: Nice. Which, you
1: know, that's...
0: Oh, fun it. fact about the director, he also directed Homeward Bound. <sighs> Homeward Bound! And mm-hmm. sometimes people will ask if, they, if they've they seen anything uh, he's done, and he'll be like, yeah, I, I did Homeward Bound and some other things. Uh, but then some people... Who know? It will be like. Also, you did Halloween Town, right? And they'll be like, Yes. Also, I did Halloween Town. <laughs>
1: He's like, I'm not sure if you know about this. I'm not gonna bring it up. Yes. But If you bring it up, okay, it's fair. Yes, game. love it. And then the last little tidbit on this one: uh, during the scene when Calabar is on the roof of the town square, he was shooting shouting so much that the actor actually lost his voice for several days afterward. Uh, also, they couldn't afford to shoot both sides of the shoot, where he is on the roof, so you have both camera angles panning. Uh, so what they did instead is they shot it twice from the same way, and then they flipped it in post, but because some of the shot includes things like City Hall, right. which is actually written out, they had to also have the letters on backwards so that when they flipped the imaging, the imaging in post, it would show the right way.
0: Yeah, and I read that they also um, would adjust people's sight lines. So, like, they were looking the wrong place for for how it was being shot, but in post it would make sense. Yeah. That's interesting. They
1: could have just... I don't know.
0: I'm, they, I'm sure they well, did. Because
1: it says they shot it again. Like, why didn't they just... The first shoot from one side and the second shoot from the other side.
0: I don't know, I do not know. There must have been a reason. It must have been more cost effective. I guess
1: they didn't have to change the mounting of the filming equipment. Right, right, right. Saves time. Yeah, probably that. Yeah. Uh, Now moving on into some. Halloween Town 2.
0: Calabar's
1: Revenge! Um, so, Jared Padalecki who is best known as Sam Winchester on Supernatural or Dean on Gilmore Girls, yes. <laughs> uh, was in the final running to play the Halloween Town sequel villain who, spoilers alert, is Calabar's son. Yeah! Uh, actually, Daniel Co- Daniel Kuntz,
0: Kuntz? Yes. Kuntz? I would say Kuntz. Kuntz, uh,
1: who actually got the role shared that he bumped into jared on the 52nd floor of the disney building for the final edition uh also unlike most dcoms halloween town 2 was directed by a woman a woman and a very famous horror director mary lambert who is
0: best known for
1: directing pet cemetery
0: the original movie not the netflix remake obviously
1: uh, and she really wanted to push it to be on a darker level than the first, but obviously she had to reel it back a little bit and work with Disney so that it wasn't too scary for a kid's movie.
0: I was, so I was a little scared when I was a child, uh, at the end when, um, when Gwen turns into the, the monster. Yeah. yeah. She's scary, um. And that is because of Mary Lambert, who was like, let's make her (laughs) scary.
1: I mean, watching especially one after the other, you can tell that It's a darker. Well, not just that it's darker, but there's a different directing style. Right, right, right. uh, Because it has a very different feel in the way. Because here's the thing. When I see movies that make me cringe, that I'm like, this is not great. My first reflex is never to blame the actor. Most actors are good at their job, but their job is dictated by how the director wants them to play it. Right. And especially in a case like this one, where you have a direct comparison. Like, obviously, in terms of children, they've aged also, so that helps their acting skill. But, you know, you see parts of this movie where you're kind of like... Oh, Debbie, you're making me cringe. And you know this has nothing to do with Debbie Reynolds' acting skills. Right. So, yeah, you can definitely tell that there's a bit, like, it's it's still a decom, but there's definitely a different style of directing. Now, the, yeah, you just mentioned the mask that Gwen, the mother, is wearing, which turns her into a monster at the end um and the wa- the mask that she is wearing actually gives a nod to the witch's mask in Halloween Town 3 Season of the Witch from Silver Shamrock
0: Halloween 3 I've never seen any of the Halloween yeah. movies neither have I uh, We don't like horror movies here um No
1: I'm a scaredy cat I have seen like maybe 4 or 5 horror movies throughout my entire life and I have been traumatized by every single one Me of them. Me too! And most of them are not even, like, people who actually watch horror movies would not consider them to be scary. Like, they're more, some of them scary. are more like in terms of, they're almost like more thrillers. Like, The Uninvited is not so much horror. No, as I as wouldn't thriller.
0: consider it.
1: Um, like, I guess the most horror I've seen would have been Darkness Falls.
0: Uh, I saw uh, Child's Play. Chucky's Bride, which uh, was very scary for me, and The Ring. I saw The Ring right around the time it came out, so I was like, I don't know, 10, maybe. Uh, I had nightmares yeah. for weeks! I thought I was going to... Oh, and I saw It. Um, not the new one, the original one with Tim Curry. I could not go to the bathroom because I was so afraid! I was so afraid. I could not. After, I could not do anything.
1: After I saw Darkness Falls, the first night... I went to bed with the light on, and when my dad came up to go to bed, I called him into my room and asked him to turn off the light for me, and when he went to close the door, I asked him not to. Like, (laughs) I was so scared. And even to this day, I refuse, I will avoid as much as possible looking into a mirror when it is dark.
0: Um... My mom never knew I watched horror movies because I was not supposed to. Uh, So I had to hide all my terror. (laughs) I just had to be scared and alone. Also, my bedroom, when I was small, had a giant mirror as part of the wall. The dresser was built into the wall and then from the bottom of the dresser all the way to the ceiling. uh, As wide as the dresser, which was... uh, meant for two people uh so probably the size of our old dresser to give you some context was a mirror (laughs) that's a big it was and then we had the closet doors they were also mirrors oh my goodness (laughs) there were so many mirrors in my childhood bedroom eyes
1: closed the entire time I was in there it was terrifying like but no because for me that's the one that like I've seen I know what you did last summer Uh, I watched The Blair Witch Project, which I don't even remember most of that. I don't remember how it ends at all. I could not tell you what happens in this movie other than they're in the woods and at some point there's people crying, there's people going missing. That's about as much as I remember. Darkness Falls, I remembered so much about that. Like, there's this one scene where... No, listen. They're in the hospital and they're going, they're jumping from, like each landing to the next because there's a light at each landing but the steps like the part with the stairs themselves is not lit and at some point like there's a there's a couple of them there's a nurse with them and at some point while they're mid-jump the monster just swoops no, in no, no, and no. takes her. Up. No, I and, don't. Oh my
0: goodness. I don't need to know this. This has been horror films uh, described by people who haven't seen them in years. Let's continue on. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Back to Halloween Town, much different vibes. Um, another little nod, or well, this isn't so much a nod. This was just recycling. Um, the Sanderson sisters' costumes from Hocus Pocus were recycled in this film and can be seen on three different actresses at the end of the film when the grace spell is broken.
0: Yeah, I didn't see that, so I'll have to look for that.
1: Yeah, same. Well, I feel like one of them, actually, now that I think about it, the one that, like, I don't know, she's, like, leaning against a wall, I think that's Sarah's dress. I feel like I... I'll look it up. I'll yeah. look it up. Um... Which speaking of Hocus Pocus, have you seen it's making its round again? That there's a sequel being announced I next see... year, and it's like, oh my goodness! You like know what? We're gonna do a Hocus Pocus time. episode,
0: yeah, so we'll get into that then. <laughs>
1: um, filming the dance scene rang long, and there were about a hundred or so extras playing the partygoers and they were completely drained after being on their feet for hours, so their energy was down. But there was still more to shoot. And despite being nearly 70 years old, Debbie Reynolds is the one that just revived the crowd by singing, dancing, and making everybody laugh.
0: I wish I had gotten to meet Debbie Reynolds. Um, She, you know what, I'm putting her on my list. The list of people you could have dinner with if they were living or dead. Debbie Reynolds, you're on my list. Also your daughter Carrie Fisher, rest in peace. Uh, Both of you, you're on the list. I would love to have dinner with you.
1: I just remember reading a story about, um, Debbie Reynolds when she was filming "Singin' in the Rain. And, um, <clears throat> what's his name? Gene Kelly? Gene Kelly. Was a word that I cannot say on this podcast. He it was the worst. A um, like, he was so mean to her. Because she was not a professional dancer, like, it, yeah. she was, like, she worked hard, but she wasn't good. Like, to him, she was not good enough. So, um, Fred Astaire found her crying under a piano and taught her all of her dance moves. And she actually danced so hard during, I think it was the good morning scene that she ended up in the hospital. In the hospital? Yeah. But she just, like, you know, that was the beginning of her acting career, but, so, a little more fragile, but even then, like,
0: just not giving up. You know what? She, she seems like she was uh, just a great lady by all accounts, yeah. except for she wanted to read uh, Rebel Reagan. But I can forgive her for this. I can. Can you? I want to... I want to forgive her. I want to forgive her. We'll think about it.
1: We'll ask her if you, if you get to that dinner. Will, you can ask say, her if you still do you feel regrets? the same way about that. Um, moving on (laughs) Uh, Daniel Counts got quite the surprise when it got to the point where he had to conjure the portal to Halloween Town Um, he had to make up his own spell at the last minute because all the script said was Cal says spell and walks through the portal Uh, he assumed that he would be given a spell to say but then when it came to filming and it wasn't uh, he just improvised on the spot from a German choir song he knew from youth. <laughs> I mean, not
0: English, so. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, I guess, like, it makes sense because you have Welsh spells, so you can have other spells in different languages.
0: Yeah, yeah. And nobody else would, like, not nobody else but in German. The, German majority, speakers
1: would understand, the majority but, of
0: Americans watching this uh are, I mean German is actually
1: a pretty uh I think after Spanish well it depends on the state no <laughs> no but you're incorrect in like in some states it is the second most spoken language after English like Pennsylvania. in some and, no a, I remember seeing a map it's pretty spread out yeah, but not It might be after English, not counting Spanish. So it might be like third most spoken in some places. In, in some places, places, yeah.
0: But no, not places with big populations. Uh Arabic, for instance, is the I'll most pull spoken up the map, but I know it was the most spoken in Michigan. States. Um there is uh Hindi as another one, like German in places where there are large uh um Amish populations. German tends to be. Yeah, so spoken. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, I said pennsylvania that's one state. Yeah, I know. But no there were <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pull up for you.
1: Um now in twenty sixteen, uh Kimberly J. Brown and Daniel Coons who are Okay, so
0: I actually watched this. Kimberly J. Brown, it's on her channel, but she was not a part of the video.
1: Okay. Uh and they're the ones who are married, correct? Or are they They're still... d- they're dating. Oh, they're dating.
0: I thought that they were married, but they're just dating. Um, Have they been dating for a long time, or they just
1: kind of reunited a few years ago?
0: So basically, we know that in 2016, they started interacting uh, more heavily again. But they didn't confirm their relationship until 2018. But they've both been very uh, private. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is on her TikToks uh, a lot. I follow her on TikTok. and they made a fun, like, uh, Thomas Sanders has this sound that's like, you're watching Disney Channel at 3 a.m. in the month of October. You know, we know what you're here for. Tonight's 90s-themed uh, Halloween movie is Halloween Time 2, Calabar's Revenge. And they're both like, ooh. And they settled <laughs> down. It's a great TikTok. Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they did a
1: YouTube, well, I guess he did a YouTube short called Rome. Where Realm Are They Now? Uh, and it is a comedy show up, short showing that... Uh, sorry. It's comedy short that follows up with Cal and shows that he's been in a magical rehab facility. Right, because
0: at the end of the movie, they're like, he'll be back, and then they... Uh, he never, never back. They, he's never back. They never follow up on this. So the idea was, like, well, well what did happen to him? I watched it today. Uh, it is pretty funny because he's... Uh, he's dressed in gray sweatpants. He's like, it's funny because I cast the gray spell, and now here I am, all dressed in gray. And it's like a, like a magical interview where you know she, the reporter is going to follow up and was like, How "Have you been?" He's like, you know, uh, I think I'm doing well here, uh, trying to to turn my life around, and really, it's like what one person's evil is, another person's is. Hey, that's not so bad. So you know, and then you know he has therapy sessions a lot to try and make himself less evil. And he's like, I think, I think I'll be getting out soon. And then the therapist is like, No, 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 no. He's not going to be getting out soon. It's really, it's pretty funny. I enjoyed it. I suggest looking it up. All right, and the
1: final bit of trivia, which I guess is a plug, even though we're not affiliated with anything. Uh, or anyone, uh, Kimberly J Brown owns an Etsy shop where she sells Halloween Town themed items. Yes, called Craftily Creative. So yes, if you wanna have a look and see what kind of stuff she sells. It's not memorabilia. It's really like right. themed after
0: Halloween Town. Right. She's got um like the the headphones uh from the second movie. She's got different um key rings to like to match that she's got uh some cute shirts like straight out of halloween town um it, being normal is vastly overrated uh and you know stuff of that nature um i think they're all pretty cute things i wouldn't mind having some of them so i, I just I thought it was cool a-
1: is that a hint? Because your Christmas present is already bought. I
0: know. Uh, I, I know. You, you're way ahead of the game. So, listen, I just saw
1: something and I was like, I mean, some of this stuff is not. Why is this
0: $60?
1: Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so that's it for trivia.
0: So, hot takes. You
1: have hot takes. I don't. Listen. I did not grow up with Halloween Town. I have zero percent nostalgia going into this. I first saw this movie as a grown-ass adult. And it is not great in terms of like, listen, it's... The concept is fine. Again, I'm not judging any of the actors uh, for the acting skills because you can see a disparity between the first and the second. So I'm gonna say that, uh, the person in charge of directing the second movie, uh, was a lot better director than the person in charge of directing the first one. It could also have to do with budget. Um, it's just... You know, I'm not that big
0: on cheesy, corny stuff. I would like and, to remind you of your Dolly Parton Christmas movie, A Smoky okay, Mountain Christmas. That is different. No, Dolly Parton
1: is an icon.
0: So is Debbie Reynolds. Okay, but this is not.
1: It's not the same. Oh, this is not. No, like... this is better. <laughs> this is much better. Okay, we're not gonna fight about this. It's just there are so many things like it like okay there was this one scene that i was like okay this has the same energy as in uh star wars episode 1 when he's like yippee like it's the same kind of directing skills there listen it's just you have honestly you just have to have an attachment to the movie and i it's not to say anything against people who do enjoy it as i like I, a lot of movies are the way we view them because of the attachment we have to them. So... So get attached, woman! <laughs> I can't! It's, it's, a, it's a nostalgia attachment. I've never... You know, I, I first saw I this movie maybe DCOMS. a couple of years ago. Yeah, but the, here's the thing. like, It's not specifically to say anything about that movie against that movie. Decoms in general are bad.
0: I still like, love decoms. I still watch... I watch zombies. They're, but they're, like, they're like, not bad. They're I not, love them. But it's, I also love... I love Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. I literally
1: watch all the Netflix, A Christmas I Switch, love and A Christmas Prince, and uh, the,
0: a prin- the Princess Witch. Switch. Yeah, anyway. Um, I love them, okay? I, I love them, and I think they are... Um. I think that Halloween Town movies are wholesome. They are wholesome entertainment. They are a little cheesy, a little corny at times, but they they have heart and they. Yeah, they're not okay. So I don't want to say cinematic they're bad masterpieces. Yeah,
1: no, and that here's the thing, they're not meant to be either. Nobody's going into this no like thinking this is going to be the greatest movie ever made. Um so I don't want to say they're bad specifically. They are bad, but
0: <laughs> they're not they're you. not
1: bad. They're not bad in the same way as a bad movie that goes into theater is bad. You know, this is a made for TV movie. The bar's already lower. And the vibe is already different. Like it's a different vibe. It's just it's just, it's, I'm sorry. It's too corny for me. It's too cheesy. <laughs> there are too many cringy moments. There are
0: no cringy moments. There are so many There's, cringy when moments. When
1: did you cringe? All the time. The there entire movie. Did. I can't even, like, listen. No, also there parenting, not great on par. Yeah, um, parenting is never great in movies.
0: That's true. Uh, yeah, so, no, it's just, it's wholesome. It's good. I love it. Um,. I think you're a hater, and listen. Here's my hot take. My hot take is this. I think, uh, first of all, Gwen, <clears throat> she should have she should have told her children I, that yeah. they have magic powers. Yeah, no, I definitely really... like
1: that. Especially if it gets to the point where, like, she's 13, she's. Old enough to decide oh, if this yeah, is a I love that she wants to pursue or not. Like, it shouldn't be up to her mother to decide that this is going away forever for her.
0: I love the line uh, I'm 13, I'm practically an adult. Because well, you're when you're 13, you think, think this. you're almost an adult. Um, and you're but now so that far I'm, an adult, being an adult. I'm like, You're a baby, you're a child. Yeah, this uh, is like
1: an, a little mermaid. I'm 16, I'm not a child anymore. It's like, Yes, you
0: are. Although Sit in the golden days.
1: Yeah, but we don't know when this takes time. I mean, Little Mermaid. Anyway.
0: We're right. right. Point is, my only hot take is that Gwen should have... She should have told her kids. She should have told her kids uh, that they were part magic. Uh, My second hot take is... um, Poor Sophie. You know... Sophie is definitely the most most, powerful witch. She is. And she never gets credit for it.
1: Yeah. Well, she is. But at the same time... She's got so much raw uh, talent. Yeah, but we don't know what Marnie was like at that age. Because her mom did say that she had to suppress a lot of her own magic also. So maybe as she got older... And, you know, when you're a child... Like, children... Even in... Out of movies... Children have... Like they tend to have these moments where you're like hmm maybe this is a little out of the norm but they're gonna grow out of it you know so I don't think it's necessarily a matter of powerfulness I think it's a matter that Sophie is still a very young child whereas Marnie is now a teenager and she's been repressed of her magic this entire time
0: I suppose I just think Sophie uh my hot I guess my second hot take is Sophie is a more powerful witch than Marnie. Um I, I, I mean
1: I don't disagree. If, but she, I, I if think we it's... had seen
0: more of her, um you see some of her in the third movie and then she's just not present in the fourth at all. Um and they recast in the fourth and it's dead to me. Um <laughs> I think she would grab to be a more powerful witch than Marnie.
1: I mean, I can see it. I do agree that there is something special to her i just i don't want to discount marnie's powerfulness because i do think they're very different situations like sophie is being exposed to actual magic from a younger age because she learns about it from a younger age that's so we'll never know so
0: um (laughs) rewatchability and what their uh, villain ranking so there are definite villains in here so calabar as I said before, when I was small, I was very scared of Calabar. Uh, I would have to hide because when he comes out of that movie screen and he's got his like scary mask on and the billowing ropes, he looks very, very scary. Um, like most bad guys in movies, his goal is... To, Domination and revenge? To make his people become the dominant people over people that he sees as less. A very popular, uh, a very, very popular villainous trait. So, if you would ask me when I was a small child, I would say 10 out of 10 villagery because I was so afraid of him. I was so scared. Nowadays, I would say...
1: I'd say he's just another white dude who's mad because he got told no. The well, entire... Like it's not even it's not even that much. Like the motivation behind it is because the girl he liked decided that she loved another guy. This is a whole. This is a sole
0: motivation. I mean, and also he thinks that he should be in charge of people that he sees as lesser than him. How much would that have
1: developed? Like that mentality developed if the girl that he liked hadn't gone and married
0: a human. I think it still would have uh because he talks about like we have to live in Halloween town and they get the whole like earth um, so I think it's I think it's like a seventy five twenty five thing where it's mm. mostly because uh the girl he liked didn't pick him, but also kind of because he feels a little stinted in his growth opportunities. Like, he has reached the pinnacle of success in Halloween Town. He can he can do no more unless he takes over the mortal world. So he's like, you know, tired of being a big fish in a small pond? I would like to be a big fish in a large ocean. Um, so I would say villain ranking, I'm going to give him a, a 7. Like, he's pretty standard. But there is something very creepy about collecting people putting them into a sleep and then collecting them in an abandoned movie theater that's creepy that's yeah that's very creepy I don't like making living statues out of people uh uh that's that's spooky I don't like it
1: yeah I guess I'm
0: gonna do a six
1: just because he annoys me more than anything else I mean he's a villain he's supposed to annoy you yeah (laughs) But no, it's just...
0: I hate that trope. You hate that, like, they didn't pick me, so I'm gonna become evil trope? Yeah, it's too real.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. I mean, how many stories do you see of girls who get stabbed because they said no?
0: Listen, I listen to murder podcasts all the time, so I probably know more of those stories than you do. Um, no, 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 you're right, it is very realistic. Um... To be fair, he did not stab her. That's true. Um, He just tried to take over the whole world. Like, a bit of an overreaction. Um, (laughs) I would say it's on level with uh, Snape joining a hate group. Uh, I don't want to talk about Snape.
1: Let's move on. This is an
0: anti-Snape podcast. Um, On to Cal. Cal, he really just tried to, like, avenge his father. Uh, kind of boring as far as motive, but his skill and his creativity, I've gotta say, impressed me. He was like, I'm gonna come in here, I'm gonna flirt my way in, I'm gonna steal the only way to undo my spell. I already had the first way, okay? Um, he was ambitious because he was young. Honestly,
1: like, uh, I'm going back into hot takes, but Marnie come on. She, yeah. That is, like, a hot take. Uh, She needs to, like... She needed to chill a little. She was... Yeah, but... just like, yeah, let me take you into my grandma's room. And, like, he's literally asking if he can take the book and she's not even... Or look at it. And she doesn't pay attention to anything past that because she's so enamored with this guy that she met, like, ten seconds ago.
0: However, counterpoint, do you remember being 15 any time <laughs> a cute boy would look at you? I would have done so many things for cute boys at 15 if they had shown any interest in me at all. That's true. I would have, yeah, I would have been trying to impress them. I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. you want to see something really cool? I know something really cool. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You're so cute. So, I can't, like, now, as an adult who is a rational person, I can say, Marnie, you shouldn't (laughs) <laughs> For you you got scared. grandma was
1: super chill about it.
0: I think so chill. I think Aggie's like, "Listen, you're 15, They've all in there." I, I did stupid things when I was 15. I remember just being swept off my feet by somebody being, you know, cute and nice. So, I am disappointed, but I can't really be mad. I understand. Which honestly, very chill, very very respectable. So Cal,
1: um Here's the you thing know what? too. Like I think... he's trying to avenge his father and he says like he basically the way he talks about his father very much implies that he was not a great father.
0: Oh no, for sure. Um
1: Like this is also seeking acceptance from a bad parent.
0: Right? And also but, he like... wanted Marnie to join him. He was like, "Hey, Hey, girl, I'm evil. You know, we clearly got a thing for the
1: Cromwell girls. It's like, you met her ten seconds ago. But
0: he's 15, 16. She's a cute girl. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'll take over the world. Hey, 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 watch me. Watch me. I'm taking over the world, and I would like you to rule by my side. What do you say? And she's like, no, and he's like, mm, but if you change your mind, I'll be here. Honestly, I think he's more evil than his dad. Um, or maybe not more evil, but more accomplished. Definitely, like he got he got way more done. Sure, he didn't amass a creepy army of uh, frozen people, but he, he did. He incapacitated everybody. He did turn all the magical people into boring humans and all the humans into scary monsters. So, and also, if it were not for.
1: I mean, it was chaos though i don't know what his long game was but it was chaos in that moment like he had no control whatsoever you know over what? anybody
0: i feel like here's another reason why i'm gonna rank him higher he was being evil for evil's sake he was like i want to avenge my father but also i just kind of want to watch the world burn and that is true that's that's chaotic evil this <laughs> like calabar was more lawful evil i think cal is more chaotic evil where he just wants to watch the world burn and you see him as things go kind of haywire he's just standing there. he puts on a crown that he brought with him because <laughs> he was prepared he has a cape that he brought with him and he's like hello Here I am. I'm ruler now. I have my cape. I have my crown. The world is burning around me, and I don't care. And
1: it's it's just one high school.
0: You know what? To start with. (laughs) But then, after he has these monsters, he can take over more places. I guess. So I'm going to say... I'm going to give him a 9 out of 10 for a villain because, again, this chaotic evil where it's like, what's your what's your goal here? And he's just like, to watch the world burn. I do not care. And, uh, and then trapping Marnie uh, and Luke in one location where they could only leave by jumping out of time, but they couldn't leave the space that's powerful he had some power he's popping into timelines too and like yanking people out this is powerful i think he's more powerful and he wants to use his power for pure unadulterated chaos so i'm giving him a nine out of ten on evil i mean sure
1: but he's a decom villain so i'm gonna give him an eight (laughs) that takes away a point
0: you know what that's fair so let's hit rewatchability. <laughs> You're so mad. I'm gonna I'm gonna start because Marie's gonna say I would rewatch this never. <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you what, what would you say? Uh
1: Halloween Town, I would rewatch this never. <gasps> Halloween Town Two, I could stand to watch it once a year with you at Halloween time.
0: I could watch Halloween Town and Halloween Town Two every day for at least a few months, and then after that, probably twice a week for a few months, and then after that, probably once a week for a few months, and then after that, probably once a week for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love these movies. Uh When they start off, the music on Halloween Town, I'm just like, the do-do-do-do, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, Uh final rating get ready please disappoint me um
1: uh halloween town gets a 4 out of 10 (laughs) the four i cannot believe you and halloween town 2 gets a 6.5
0: Halloween Town, ten out of ten! Halloween Town 2 ten out of ten. I'm vibing with these movies. I love them. Uh they're feel-good movies. They they make me feel good. And that's okay that's good. Like <laughs> that's what I'm
1: saying. That's where I mean how how strongly nostalgia plays into our appreciation of movies.
0: But also just because even... So, like, I mentioned cheesy Christmas movies. Even if I haven't seen them before, they make me feel good. I love a good, wholesome, kind of cheesy movie that, you know, there's a villain, but the stakes are never impossibly high, and, you know, nobody's diet. It's just...
1: Yeah, we don't have the same feel-good movies.
0: My other feel-good movie... Uh, I have quite a few, but Hotel Transylvania, which sadly is not Disney, the Hotel Transylvania franchise, if I could do, if they were on Disney Plus, we would be watching all three of them, and I would be ranking them all 10 out of 10, love those movies. Um, But for now, I'm going to just have to say Halloween Town, 10 out of 10, Halloween Town 2, 10 out of 10, love them both. So. That brings us to next week. What are we watching next week? Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Then what are we watching the week after that? We'll, we'll talk about it next <laughs> week. Marie is mouthing it to me, and I'm just like, I cannot understand you. You're the being... one
1: that decided what I... we should watch the last week of October because you were like,
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know now. Um, but Hocus focus next week. Another classic from my childhood. Uh, we spoke a little bit about it this episode. We are going to get more into it, of course, next episode. So, if you want to get it, if Please contact us and talk to us about Halloween Town. Uh, everybody, shame Marie for it. Yes,
1: shame me. I'm here for it. Um, I'm expecting it. I know. I know people are going to be disappointed in me. It's okay. I accept it.
0: Please. Uh, you can find us stream the magic on Twitter.
1: Magical streaming pod on Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Magical Streaming. And we have an email address, magicalstreaming at yahoo.com, uh, so we have questions and comments if you want to shame me, if you want to agree with me also, go for it. If you want to apply to be a new co-host. Um, because Amber keeps trying to, no, I'm sorry, kitty cat, uh, trying to replace me when I don't agree with her. You gave Halloween Town a
0: 4 out of 10! I mean...
1: This hurts worse
0: than when you gave Snow White a 4 out of 10.
1: And actually, I would rate Snow White higher now if we were to do it again, in hindsight. What would you rank it? Probably like a 6. That's what I ranked it. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) So yeah. Uh, Email us. Go into our social media. Just drop us a line, anything. We're here for you. And until next time, enjoy your magical streaming. Stay spooky!